Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. Hello and welcome to Headliners. I'm Andrew Doyle and joining me tonight I've got comedian Sajila Kershey and Eric McElroy. Sajila, how have you? Have you had a good week? I've had a really good week. So I, I, um, I don't know if you call, but I was in, in a Sue Townsend play before, last time. Last week, whatever, really? yeah. yeah. Um, and this week I've been rehearsing for another play called Vitamin D. It's by a very talented writer called Sahir Shah. All female cast again. Um, we've got a fantastic uh, a director called Melina, which I'd have at all my Edinburgh shows. Uh, Natasha, Sabika, Dia, Regani, Jessica. In. Yeah, because I've got to get the name soon. checks in. Yeah, and these are my crew now because I'm like working with them and we've just been doing really intense like rehearsals. Or indeed, is it like so you, yeah. you, you research you're, and you... you're constantly in place. You're like Judy Dench. This is I, ridiculous. I know. I feel like I, I should. I know, what, what did madness. you do? A dame. I should be a dame. You should be a dame. Absolutely. I be a dame. What about you? Have you been doing anything interesting this week, Eric? I'll never be a dame. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I gave it back. Never say to, never. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I gave it back to you a long time ago. The last time I was in a play was 1998, Tennessee Williams, where I uttered a, a ter I did a terrible Southern accent and had said the line, "Ooh, golly Moses." Well, you've got me convinced. That was beautiful. <laughs> anyway, let's make a start by looking at tomorrow's front pages and we start with the Daily Mail which leads with the PM saying that the Rwanda plan is at risk from left-wing lawyers as 700 migrants cross the channel in three days. Boris Johnson is worried about lawyers who might be blocking his plans. The Daily Telegraph runs with Falklands Vets call for Exocet answers. This is Lord Tebbit who's giving his backing for an inquiry into the missile that sunk HMS Sheffield. Thursday's Independent Next, that leads with Johnson faces revolt from grassroots conservatives. Tory supporters set to stay home amid anger about Partygate, with a picture there of Boris Johnson struggling with some luggage at Southampton Airport. <laughs> the Guardian has a rather striking image of Diego Maradona and the so-called Hand of God moment, very dramatic. That's a story about his shirt being sold for £7 million. Seems a bit much. And their lead article there is Tory candidates distance themselves from Johnson. Thursday's Financial Times now, it has Fed ramps up inflation battle with first half point rate rise since 2000. And also ports aim to win back millions in costs for white elephant Brexit border posts. Thursday's Times next, we can cope with rising inflation, insists PM. Well, he would say that, wouldn't he? That's as interest rates are set to hit a 13 year high. And finally, we have Thursday's Metro, the hand of wad, a rather weak pun there about the sale of Maradona's shirt for a record seven million pounds. And those are Thursday's headlines. So to kick us off tonight, we have a story about the uh, the Rwandan migrant plan. This is from the Daily Mail, Sajila. Um, yeah, Daily Mail. Right. So, um, uh, so 700 migrants uh, cross channel in three days and Boris warns of legal eagles are circling. Basically, Rwanda plan um, at risk is risk at risk from left wing lawyers. Uh, and I've only just been handed this story. But um, I, I mean... It, what, what, what could have possibly gone wrong has gone wrong. Um, so uh, people are, are, are saying, uh, you know, he's trying to block uh, migrants from coming to, to the UK on, yes. on, on boats. And after he announced, you know, this was announced, 
300 more came. So it's not actually deterred them. They're... Well, this was the big question, because when the Rwanda plan was introduced, people were saying, well, this will definitely stop people because they're going to come in and get shipped away straight away. Yeah. But now looking at these figures, I mean, what, what are they saying? 700 in three days. That does yeah, I mean, like I, I never know whether to believe these figures because 700. So you see, I think the problem is actually with our relationship with France. Because right. the thing, yeah, that's always later, been a problem, to be fair. Yeah, that, is, that, that, that is the problem. That yes. is the problem. It's negotiate. Stop giving millions to Rwanda where you're just kind of trying to brush the car problem under the carpet or the migrants under the carpet. It's France. Negotiate with them. They're letting these migrants through. And I think passive aggressively are deliberately, oh, 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 uh, I, I do not see the, uh, you know, these people. And they're just turning a blind eye, right? It's, they're turning a blind eye and they're letting them get, they're probably supplying the dinghies as well, quite frankly. This is conspiratorial yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Eric, do you think there's something to this? Do you think there's well, an I, issue there I with I do France? agree with her on the French. Um, but, uh, I mean, these aren't migrants. These are asylum seekers. And that's who we're dealing with. Yeah. There are people that are legally seeking asylum. They don't have to stop at the first country they go to because there may be reasons why those countries aren't welcome. Those countries at the moment are full of Ukrainian refugees, and so they are legally going through a process. Now, shipping them off to Rwanda was always going to be dodgy, and there's a number of people who thought that he wanted to announce it. It was hastily put together, and his hope was to have some lefty lawyers come out. I think when the lawyers are against him, they're lefty, and I mean, he's had a lot of lawyers against him. Okay, but, but, uh, but you say that these <laughs> are all right. asylum seekers, no economic migrants there. I've heard reports that contradict that. There's a lot of people who are predominantly young men who are coming yeah. here. I mean, they not that I'm saying- They can be asylum seekers as young men. Yeah, absolutely. But not that I'm saying there's anything wrong with economic yeah. migrants, but but is, is it, there not the possibility that a lot of people are economic migrants in this situation? That's And that's what the asylum process should take care of if it was done expeditiously. And that's the problem that they're having here is they haven't been able to get through the applications and that's why they're stocking up. And the next story we're gonna talk about is where they're struggling to put people, just not even in Rwanda. So I think the problem is in the processing of people, not necessarily um, the, the answer is sending them to a third country. So Gila, do you think that there is an issue here? But insofar as the Conservatives probably have to do something. Priti Patel is saying that the reason she wants to rehouse people in, in Rwanda is because this is a way to dis, dis, disincentivize the people traffickers, yeah, but those it hasn't who would worked. exploit. It hasn't worked, has it? And the thing is, it's not going to work because even before Brexit, I remember going on Eurostar and seeing like migrants literally like trying to hold on to the Eurostar mm. to get through. These are desperate people. If you're doing that, if you're going on dinghies that could, uh, you know, and you're taking your small children, yep. that is a desperate situation. So, you you know, just on a humanity side of things, you need to look at it and think, why, why are they doing this? And sort the problem maybe further back rather yes. than sort of, well, they've arrived here, let's chuck them into Rwanda, or as you say, the story that's coming up, and um, you know, deal with it in that way. And all this kind of the, the rhetoric we've got around it is what I really, really don't like it, that you know, they're, they're just like vile people who are just coming over, taking all the jobs, all the houses, whatever, and, and that you know, we can't just look at the problem. Why are, why are they yeah. coming? You know, so in, where, where are they coming in from? In terms of that rhetoric, I mean, that's basically the degradation of the whole discourse. You've yeah. got the idea that, you know, as you say, there's some very kind of pernicious rhetoric that surrounds yeah. it. But, but by the same token, uh, people who raise concerns about the degree of immigration are often dismissed as being racist or xenophobes. I mean, that's surely not fair either, is it? No, I think you can have a discussion, but you know who is always absent from these discussions? The migrants themselves, the refugees themselves, the immigrants themselves. Very interesting. Okay, well, let's move on to another story now. This is Thursday's Telegraph. Some rather alarmist language here about a Yorkshire version of Guantanamo Bay, Eric. That's. I mean, this yeah. is related, isn't it? This is this a related story. This re relates uh, very well because this is another option that's been put into place other than the Rwanda scheme. This is, um, and it's facing a legal challenge, apparently not from maybe lefty lawyers, but now conservative lawyers because right. some Tories that are 
bringing uh, action against their own government. They're circled by lawyers, aren't they, from I all know, sides? All sides. It's almost <laughs> it's like a they terrifying prospect. have a very good plan. Um, it's a migrant camp that they're looking to put, um, and it's being called Guantanamo on Ooze. Uh, sounds lovely. That sounds sounds nice. Um, I mean, it's a great... Anything on something sounds sweet, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Remind you, Guantanamo kind of undermines it a little bit. A little bit, bit yeah. yeah. So this is up, um, the Home Office intends to put 1,500 asylum seekers in uh, Linton on Ooze, okay. which is in North Yorkshire. Um, and so local councillors have said they're trying to turn the town into Guantanamo on Ooze. Now, I'm not sure, if I was an asylum seeker, I'm not sure, because I've looked at the average temperature in Guantanamo, 25 yes. degrees. Linton um, on Ooze, I think it's minus 25 in North Yorkshire. Yes, it's, not, it's, it's not pretty good. cold. I mean, if for me, I may want to be in Rwanda instead of Linton. I'm not sure how nice it is up there. Uh, well, I mean, it's really interesting. I mean, this article in particular talks about how the refugees who are housed there, this is an RAF base, yes, will be allowed RAF. to come and go as they please. There is a roll call at 10 p.m. because obviously you have to keep track of people. Yep. But that doesn't sound like Guantanamo to me. And I worry, now this is um, a councillor, Daryl Smalley, who has made this name up, this this name of uh, Guant what is it, Linton on, on uh, Guantanamo on Ooze. Yep. Sajila, don't you think that kind of language, you were talking about rhetoric before, mm. doesn't that kind of language raise it's the temperature? It's horrible. I mean, why not put an, an agrave on the e, on the ooze? On, 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 oh, so French on, grammar is your on, issue. Ouze, <laughs> and that will sound a little bit more, Give it you a know, bit of class. holiday yep. kind of environment rather than Guantanamo. I think that's horrible. It is horrible because Guantanamo was obviously for criminals, you know, and, and this, this, is, this is, you know, people sort of seeking refuge. Um, yes. And I wonder, maybe maybe the problem is, because I think there's like 500 residents, is that Right, I might, might have read this wrong because my eyes are terrible. Um, but and, and then fifteen hundred going in, I can see why the residents might be upset. They may also be upset because I mean I don't blame them. Yorkshire Yorkshire tea is my favourite brew, right? <laughs> Yorkshire blend. They may be coming for the tea bags, you know, uh... which probably come from the countries that they've just taken their leave from. You oh, know, you're into your conspiracy the theories tonight. I don't, I don't think they're targeting this place for tea. <laughs> I really don't. I'm just, I'm just making like because tea is never actually, it's not from Yorkshire, is it? It's, it's actually no, it's from, from basically in, anywhere yeah, but yeah, 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 Yorkshire. Yeah. Usually from where the migrants do, have come from. Do you yeah. worry about this at all, Eric? I mean, I just kind of think, when you're making comparison with Guantanamo, where there have yeah. been accusations of torture, human rights abuses, we're talking about town in, you know, Yorkshire. This yeah. seems really unnecessary, doesn't well, it? Well, and it is other, other, otherizing the people who are going to be put in this refugee centre. Right. Um, and again, this, it's the same problem they're having while they're resorting to Rwanda. They're spending £4.7 million a day on housing people in hotels because they're not processing them quickly enough. Yes. It seems like the money, is it $125 million for the scheme to Rwanda? Right. Mm -hmm. Spend that on the processing and move this along and either send it back to the people who shouldn't have come to where, which is the policy that they have to send them back home if there are illegal migrants yes. versus the genuine asylum so do, seekers. Do you think a lot of this is about the mismanagement of money then? Because I mean, you know, we talk about all the uh, potentially xenophobic rhetoric, but I think a lot of people are annoyed by the sheer cost oh, to yeah, the taxpayer yeah. of this. And stuff, the irony right? is that pre-Brexit, you know, the whole the whole onus of Brexit was like, we're, we're going to stop immigration, keep our borders, and there's actually more immigrants since Brexit. Right. Uh, yeah, so that's the irony. Well, let's move on now to Thursday's Times and budget food to fight <sighs> against inflation. Yes. So, Gina, you've so got this one. Um, yeah, Britain is better off than the in, in the than in the eighties, says Boris Johnson. Um, and he's basically not going to be going into the position of saying that you, the cost of living crisis can be dealt with by by getting cheaper uh, own brand foods, you know, like the, yes. the, 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 the own brand. I mean, uh, you know, I, this has come just to be clear. This has come from the environment secretary, George Eustace. Yes. Who said, you know, people ought to be encouraged 
to buy those supermarket value brands. You know the ones with no frills or labels on it, and yeah. they're really bland looking, yeah. but actually they're just the same content as It's the same, else. it's made so, by the same company, it's just cheaper packaging. He's refusing to endorse that idea. Yeah, because, I, you know what, I, I kind of get him on that. Uh, it's a ridiculous thing to say that that's how we deal with the cost of living prices when people are literally, you know, what heat or eat, that's right. the reality of a lot of people. Um, and, you know, what's the next thing that's going to come out? Like, oh, look, you know, we encourage you all to get the yellow stickers. And then it's it's it, it's, it's, it's just yes. really stupid. The yellow stickers or Freegans, you know, Freegans, people who go through the bins outside and, and take the stuff. But I don't think these people actually know even about these things. That's no. the thing. Is that's out of, out of touch of, you know, with reality it, of everyday man. Is this the case, Eric? They're, they're actually sort of misdirecting the, the true solution to this, which is, you know, about the cost of living crisis itself, not you should buy cheaper sandwiches. Yeah, I mean, definitely that quote is the is very much the let them eat cake, but let it be the off-brand cake thing that's going <laughs> to go down um, in history of bad quotes from a politician. I, I mean, the government doesn't, I mean, they clearly, I mean, inflation's a hard thing for any government to fight, especially when yes. there's wars going on and everything else. But I mean, you know, the UK is the only G7 country that is raising taxes in the middle of this, uh, you know, inflationary crisis across, you know, all the, these Western economies. Yes. So, you know, what is their plan other than, well, hunker down, it's a, a tough patch. So why is Boris invoking the 80s? Why is he saying we're better off than when we were in Theresa the 80s? Oh, I, I mean, bring you know, the ghost back. We don't have to deal with the haircuts of the 80s or Kajagoogoo. I, I, 80s is my happy place. Don't be knocking the 80s. I love the 80s. No, I, I, 80s music, 80s <laughs> films. I love them all. Longer hair, so you have more money. Yeah, yeah. You don't get as many haircuts. Yes, but the hairspray they, was very prohibitively expensive. Oh, the hairspray. Oh, you had to anyway, use so much of it. They didn't have sell-by dates then, did they? So we just made no, people food, just like, the risk. food went further. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Anyway, let's move on now. This is uh, Thursday's Times now. And can Sir Keir Starmer... Shake this hangover from his office beers. Sajida, this doesn't look good, does it? Uh, office beers. Uh, beer gate. Beer gate. Okay, where, where, what, what, okay, why have I lost this story? Well, we um, all know what Okay, happened. so the beer gate basically uh, is, uh, so Keir Starmer, without looking, this is, this is, so Keir Starmer, um, he, we've got, we've got the situation where tomorrow is the, you know, people are voting, getting out, and Keir Starmer is stuck in this position where the, a grainy photograph of him um, uh, uh, having a beer and a curry. Yes, like a korma, post, chicken korma, apparently. A chicken korma. Yeah. Let's be specific about the details, yeah. it matters. Yeah, chicken korma. I'm a bit disappointed at chicken korma because that's that's not really a proper curry. It's right? very Keir Starmer as a it's, curry. It's very... The most mild, bland possible curry yeah. you could and, think and, of. And that, you know, and it's not Jalfrezi, is, is it? That's also his saving grace because he is bland himself. Well, let, that's probably too harsh. He's, he's a little bit more vanilla well, than, it, than I mean, Boris. It says it's, that, this story can actually be... It's not going to get that sort of momentum. That, that, yeah, 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 yeah. I think, I mean, that's what they've even said in the article is that what will save him from this is his own, quote unquote, dullness. So what, so what are you saying here, Which is a brilliant thing. You're actually suggesting that the reason why Keir Starmer will be saved here is that people are not going to believe he's capable of breaking the rules because he's too boring. I think Keir Starmer yeah. has released this. There's now a grainy video of this incident as well. Yes. Just to make him seem a little bit spicier than he was before. Well, that's what I think. I mean, this kind of like makes me more, it makes him more appealing to me. He's a bit yeah. of a maverick. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's capable of, yes, there's the korma, but he's having a beer, you know. But you see, a korma and and a beer is a is a post work thing. If I'm working, I want that. Right. But however, cake and 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 a suitcase full of champagne. 
That is so, not. So this is the question, isn't it? So with Boris Johnson, this was a social event that had clearly been yeah. organised. Yeah. And there's no getting around that. That's now been admitted. There's been fines, etc. Mm. And Keir Starmer's defence is very much, well, you know, this was an extension of the working day. Yes. And you have to eat, yes. you yeah. know, and, you, and they had a couple of beers. Well, so what? That's not necessarily... If it's not a social event, that's not a problem. But will it be, Eric, will it be over for him, though, if Durham police open an investigation, if he does get a fine? You know, because yes. if you recall, Keir Starmer was saying that even Rishi Sunak... Uh, ought to be ought to be fine, well, even he's, though no, he's had the fine. I mean, he yeah, he, he had, paid the penalty, but he well. was pushing for that, even though uh, Sunak was only sort of tangentially involved. It was a more like an accident him yeah. turning up at the well, except for the police found him guilty of of, of needing a fixed oh, penalty uh, notice. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, if Keir Starmer did get a fixed penalty notice, I think the key difference is a at this point, then yes, everyone will have had one. It'll be a badge of honor, and b he's not actually, as far as I understand, the opposition party isn't making the rules that they were breaking. And that uh, is a they, key difference. But they were very, very stringent and critical yeah. when they saw that the Conservatives were breaking the rules. So that doesn't that, but they, doesn't they that are open two, up to yeah, But they are two completely different things. You know, Keir Starmer, as a work thing, like, you know, we, I come in here, you might give us, like, you know, a little bit... I wouldn't like, give you a beer, Sajid. I wouldn't, wouldn't give you a beer, wouldn't give me a beer, but you'd give me, like, feed me. But that is an end of day, that's a norm, right? You all, you're sneaking in, like, crates of champagne, cake, and then all these people. That That is a definite... And it's not just once... It's not just one little misdemeanor. There are so many with, with uh, Boris Johnson. Uh, but would you feel differently if it were the case that he did get fined, if he were found that this wasn't just the extension of a working day? Would you, would you then feel differently about this? Would I feel differently? I just think, OK, well, that, that, that's the law has decided. Okay. As someone, a higher power than myself. I'm just I trying to just say it's not partisan. It's giving my opinion, yeah. Yeah, and politicians shouldn't be breaking the law, basically. Yeah. No, no politicians, but they, they didn't make, he didn't make the laws. I agree with you. He didn't make the laws. Yeah. So therefore, it is a different situation. We can't just break the laws that we didn't make. That would be a terrible precedent. Well, I don't mind that idea. That's <laughs> kind of fun. I've got some ideas of laws well, that yeah. might have any go at. We've got uh, Thursday's Independent next, and uh, the Independent Press Standards Organisation, IPSO, uh, is rejecting complaints into the now infamous Daily Mail article about Angela Rayner. Eric, yes. you have the details of this one? Yeah, I mean, in case anybody didn't see this story or didn't see it, whether they read it or not, is that there were some Tory MPs who were quoted anonymously in an article saying that Angela Rayner was tempting Boris Johnson with Let's her Let's be careful with our language here. Yes, but in, a, in a filmatic way. And, uh, and You can say the film it, 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 it imitated basic instinct. It did, and I think people yes. know the famous scene. That's right. Not the one with and, the ice pick. And the, you can find that out on your own if you don't know it already. Um, the, the article was lambasted for being misogynistic and sexist and uh, cheap, because I think it was, in my view. Um, but uh, there were 6,000 complaints about the article to Ipso. Um, but apparently the complaints didn't have legs. Very good. Bum, bum. Boom. You've been waiting for a while to I come up with that joke. All, what, we're in 20 minutes in. Um, it's the first joke I've done, I think, ever being on headliners. Um, <laughs> uh, but basically, the core of the reason why the objections were rejected is because she's not part of the complaint. And so right. people complain on her behalf. She's not decided to put the complaint forward. And so it's not going anywhere. So what about the subsequent revelations, though, that, the subsequent claims when we, the conservative inquiry happened, that she herself was the one who had made the, the source, in other words, yes. of this implication had come from her. She made a joke exactly. about uh, crossing her legs in, in, in Parliament. And I've seen that as well. Now, the issue there in my mind would be if she had made that joke, that she was, you know, tempted, because we know Boris has a stray eye anyway, that's still been weaponized against her by these Tory MPs anonymously leaking it to the Daily Mail. Right. Because she didn't go to the Daily Mail and put this forward. It was, if she'd made a, a joke with friends or, you know, uh, colleagues, then they're taking that and then putting that in the papers to make her look bad. Well, I, for one, am shocked that the tabloids have gone with scandalous and salacious Shock. gossip as a news story. Do you think, Sajida, in all seriousness, is there a problem 
with sexism in tabloid newspapers because this story really did to a lot of people. 6,000 complaints, as you say, mm -hmm. not upheld, however. A lot of people felt this was just the Daily Mail revelling in sexism. Yeah, of course it is. I mean, it still is sexist. Uh, and I'm kind of getting tired of of women um, always being the brunt of like, it's not it's not Boris who's got a roving eye. It's her, for tem the evil temptress. Yeah. Oh, so shifting you know, the blame yeah, yeah, onto, the, blame onto the, the siren. Onto the oh, yeah. yeah wicked the evil, siren. Yeah, and it, and that, that just doesn't end. You know, it's just like, it's continuous. The way that women are described from all spectrums of politics, and and in every way in the press, it's always onus is on women. You look at any case that's been reported, like obviously the the Amber Heard, which is kind of is a little bit more, but hmm. they love to just do you, do you beat down think, a woman. Though, I mean, this is there's a constant. Do you remember that article about Theresa May and Nicola Sturgeon in the Mail, which was called Lexit? Never mind oh, Brexit. Yeah. This is Lexit, and it was about yeah, the, the, yeah. the shape of their legs. I've got that image saved. Uh, yeah, as your screensaver. <laughs> um, but then, there, of course, there was a big controversy and loads of traffic was directed towards the website. Yeah. You know, yeah. at the same time, it feels like there's always going to be a deliberate element to this. I kind of think what you're saying is because sex sells even in politics. Even in politics. Even in politics, sex sells. Yeah. And you wouldn't have thought so, given that politics is the most sexless, dull, anodyne thing possible. But they I mean, do it's not have arousing, a lot of it. They have they what? Do, politicians have a lot of sex. A lot more than we're all having <laughs> on this panel, can I, I just say. I not to probe, to be honest. It makes me <laughs> off my dinner, my chicken korma. Anyway... Welcome back to Headliners. I'm Andrew Doyle, and with me until midnight are the fabulous Sajila Kershey and the just as fabulous Eric McElroy. Thank you. Well, I mean it. We're going to start with Thursday's Metro. This brings us to the latest in the ongoing Madeleine McCann investigation. It's been 15 years, Sajila. It looks like with this story, there's been a breakthrough. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, oh God, it's, 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 this is horrible. Um, so Madeleine McCann breakthrough hope um, as evidence of child found in uh, Chief Suspect's van. So they found some evidence um, that links this uh, depraved, deviant, despicable individual, Christian uh, Bruckner. Because we uh, don't know if he's guilty, which is a bit... We can say he's a despicable individual. He's guilty, yeah, of, some he's guilty of some but, all sorts but, of yeah, other... But he, yes. uh, he has. OK, so let's just start his, his guilt so far. He raped a 72-year-old woman, uh, a tour rep, and was basically flashing yes. to, to you know young toddlers in the Algarve. But they're pretty convinced that they've got their guy. This so, is the German police, the German the investigation. Police, the German, yeah. 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 Uh, it's not forensic evidence, they say, but evidence. And because of the evidence, we are sure that he is the murderer of Madeleine McCann. Now, my fear is that if that is the case, he's been denying his innocence, uh, you know, and of course, innocent until proven guilty. Let's let the law, law take its course, as it were. Um, but if that is the case, he's going to continue to say that he's innocent and he's going to uh, continue to say that he didn't do it. And therefore, Maddie McCann's body will never be found and we will never find out what happened to her. And most of all, of course, her parents, yes. you know, are going to be left, I, I think... Because I'm feeling it in my gut as a parent, like how how must they must be feeling? Because all I mean, this time there's hope that she's yeah. still alive, right? There's, that she's living somewhere. But this kind of it's kind of putting, but it's it's almost starting a new horror for them, like not knowing. It's unfathomable, isn't it, to, to have gone through this? But um, it, it's possible from the sound of things that you know they're one step closer. Do you, is this hmm. is this likely, Eric? I mean, if, if I was. I mean, I am a parent, and in this situation, I would want to see someone charged. Yeah, of course. I but mean, you want justice. You want closure. you want justice. You want all of those things. I mean, the, I mean, why it has taken this long, yeah. considering the intensity of it, is just tragic all around. Well, let's move on now. Uh, Twitter could be making businesses pay to use it, according to Thursday's Guardian. Eric, 
I mean, the appeal of Twitter partly is that, firstly, it's so mad, but it's also mm. free. Yeah, we don't I mean, pay. well, this is our new dear leader, Elon Musk, who uh, <laughs> is taking ownership of our Twitter. Um, he's Canadian. It's only going to be a slight fee. Okay. Only for commercial users is what he's teased us oh, with. Oh, so, so the dregs can just carry on using so they, it. They can use it for free. Right. Um, so he's, he's, he's teasing out a few things of what might be his new leadership on the world's, uh, you know, fast, uh, fun. Uh, it's the one social media platform I'm most comfortable with. Yes. I mean, it's a complete cesspit, let's be honest. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, it's, yeah. It's hellish. But, but we're all addicted, so let's just accept it and move on. But the nice thing is he did say that Twitter will always be free for the casual users. Uh, and I gotta say, when I tweet, I'm cash. You are super I cash. Back. I'm just laying the tweeting away. <laughs> so don't charge me, is what I'm trying to say. Um, slight cost for governments and commercial because they might want to make some money because Twitter famously loses money. But some of the other things he wants to do that were in the article, um, this is from The Guardian, isn't it? Uh, Elon Musk has said he's gonna take on and he's going to defeat the spam bots which I think is what he's going to use his rockets for. Yeah. He's going to, uh, that. And then he wants to also, though, and I don't like this idea, he wants to authenticate all humans on the platform. And as a verified Twitter user, that little blue tick is my only claim to fame. Yes. If he takes that away from me, <laughs> I will be furious. Well, he wants to defeat the spam bots, which has been my ambition yeah, ever yeah. since I was a child. I don't know yeah, what they are, yeah, but I want them yeah. gone. I want them gone. I want them gone. But, you Do you know, think I'm, Elon can save us? I, I, well, I think I'm happy to look forward to the blue tick because I've always coveted one. And I just <laughs> oh, you don't felt, have one? I don't have one, I know. See, there's but a I, real hierarchy but, there, yeah. isn't there? Um, Andrew, you've got one, don't you, Andrew? I do have yeah, one. I've, but, I've got one. That's not fair. Can you stop Come boasting? It's terrible. Stop bullying. Yeah. So, all right. So, Elon, Elon Musk. Um, what will they? What will Twitter be called now? Would it be? Would it be the Elon Musk tweeters? I, I think it's too sophisticated. Okay. I, but but also Musk my my thing is that he says that Twitter was only niche, and he would want a much bigger percentage of the American population to mm. be on it. Mm. So um, that is worrying because it's already been called an, an echo chamber. So now we're just going to have a bigger. Uh, a wider chamber of thoughts and persuasive opinions that are just coming from America. So I don't know if it's actually going to be... Fr it's, this freedom of speech that we speak of, I'm not sure that that is actually what's going to happen. But surely, isn't there something about this that is actually quite important and monumental insofar as Twitter does have a problem with partisan censorship, right, amongst its amongst its uh, uh, the CEOs, right? I mean, we know this. Conservative accounts tend to get nuked. Uh, Gender-critical feminists can tend to get ditched for just stating biological facts. Isn't this a chance... If, if Elon Musk is right about what he's saying, if he's being honest, he just wants to come in and preserve the notion of free speech, isn't that to be welcomed? Well, I mean, it's a, it is a private platform that has a right to have whoever they want to have on it. And they wanted to get rid of people like Donald Trump, who tried to lead a seditious attack against the American democracy. In I your view? It, well, in my view, and there are his supporters would have been charged now with sedition. Um, and so they decided not to have them on their platform, and that was their right to do. It's different but, than the government-regulated free speech, which is a different think, argument. Even if you're not a Trump supporter, which I'm not, hmm. uh, the idea of uh, the world's de facto public square ditching the sitting president. I mean, there, that is in the public interest, the things he's got to say, right? Isn't that slightly concerning to you? I think if if it's a company that is based in the United States and having a person on there who, you know, fomented an insurrection, it's their right not to have him on that platform. But that's the argument, isn't it? If they, you know, Do you think he fomented that insurrection, Sajida? I, I think that this idea of whatever, you know, free, free speech is always, there's always going to be a bias. So as much as we're saying that, yes, you know, the CEOs are, are kind of doing their own agenda, yeah. but what's to say that Elon Musk won't have his own agenda? I mean, I'd like to think that he will let everybody, every single person, and there aren't going to be like this kind of very polarised uh, echo chambers that we have now, but I don't think it's going to be any different, in all honesty. Maybe not, maybe not. I'd like to think it would be, but I don't yeah. think it will. Yeah, well, we shall see. Time will tell. On to Thursday's Metro Next. 
Another comedian attacked on stage. This is becoming wow. a bit oh, of no, a worrying is, trend. Yeah, no, this is Virginia. becoming it's, a It's thing. not Will Smith this time, right? No, so this time it's Dave Chappelle attacked on stage at Netflix is a joke um, That's show. the name of the show. Yeah, the, yeah. It's, a, a, it's a festival. Um, a, 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 basically, a man tackled him to the floor. He called, a man called uh, Jamie Foxx rushed over to help him. Dave Chappelle was attacked by a man 20... 25, I so think. So a young, a young yeah, man. Young, a young, young guy. Mm. And um, he went up and what he, what the, 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 oh no, I shouldn't laugh, but it's not funny. Um, he he took a knife up onto stage. So this is yes. serious stuff. And now what do you do with a knife? You think, oh, I'm going to take a knife into this venue. Where should I hide it? Should I put it in my belt buckle? Should I put it inside my chest? Should I put it in my rucksack? No, I'll get a fake gun and hide it in the fake gun because that's the way to hide a weapon, isn't it? So and he was trying to intimidate, it, clearly. Yes, yeah. in America, that is the way to hide your I know, because, because the so gun is not so... Have guns, that's they'll mad. never think to look for a knife. I know, but they're so crazy. Does this... OK, but does this kind of make us nervous as comedians? As far as after... Do you remember after Will Smith slapped Chris Rock? Mm. And a lot of people were saying, this kind of gives the green light, that if you find something offensive on stage, you can hop up there and yeah. you can commit an act of physical violence against the comedian. It's happened before. It's happened to Jim Jeffries. It's happened to Jerry Sadowitz. Are you, as comedians, slightly nervous? It could happen. No, because to you? this has been happening before this happened. You know, mm. I, I, I infamous was it was in, in you know, a, a, an Edinburgh winning show, and I, I, as a plant, which is when I see these stories, I always think, oh, are they a plant? Is this just like all yeah. set up? And people got so believed what I was doing that I was the real person. And, and they they would get up to try and hit me. And I'm like, whoa, I haven't bought up into this. You know, I, yeah. I thought I was just doing this like as a little role. Yes. And they were getting violent. I've also had pint glasses thrown at me on stage by city city men, you know, because they felt emasculated because I tore them a new one because I'm very good at that. And uh, So I, they were I, offended? Yeah, they were offended. And I, I remember having to carry on. My knee was bleeding because the glass smashed and really? hit my knee. Yeah, my knee was bleeding. I had to carry on. And it was like, I, we're not paid enough to deal with this. And there's been numerous occasions, you know, a woman like drunk wants to come up on stage and, yeah. and smash this, her face This in. to me really bothers me because the role of the court jester, the fool, has always been to be protected. We can say what we want and the king won't chop our head off, right? That's the old traditional rule of the clown, yeah? It sounds like if the audience are taking it into their own hands, this rule no longer applies. Yeah, but I, I, it, it has been happening. And I guess the Will Smith incident is probably, the, you know, it was the, the, one of the world's biggest platforms, mm. the Oscars. And so seeing that happen, if that does empower people to not realise that, you know, the whole point of the comedian is to tease things out, say things controversial and push boundaries. Um, the answer to that is not violence. It certainly isn't. I would say violence is a terrible form of comedy criticism. Yes. But just to say, it happened to me in Edinburgh about 10, 12 years ago. I was doing a show at Edinburgh. Someone stood up threw a pint, a pint of a beer in my face mm. because they were so offended. Uh, it had been filmed. It went viral. And that sold out the rest of my run. So that was brilliant. That's so it great. can be quite helpful. Yeah, it can be you know? helpful, yeah. yeah. I mean, anyway, <laughs> the problem with that is then people started thinking that was my thing. I had people come to the show saying, oh, we're going to throw beer at you. I'm like, that's not my shtick. <laughs> that's not what I do. <laughs> I tell jokes. You'd anyway. like a rosé or something, right? Let's move on now to Thursday's Guardian and radical plans for changes in the NHS, Eric. I wouldn't have expected... I don't connect radical with the NHS. Well, no. Um, these, well, these plans, I don't think, are being drawn up. They're drawn up for the NHS, not ah. by the NHS, okay. which I think is the uh, main difference here. Um, we only know about these things because of freedom of information request, because um, we still have a bit of free press uh, somewhere in the UK. <laughs> um, it's a task force appointed by Boris Johnson um, to generate ideas for supposedly cutting red tape post-Brexit. 
But this discussion was made up of drug and healthcare companies working with um, government advisors in number 10. So GlaxoSmithKline, conglomerates, these kind of- Johnson & Johnson, all all the good guys. Um, (laughs) Some of the ideas, genuine ideas, I'm not joking here that they came up with, was to make it easier uh, for companies to get patient data during startups. So that's a good, because we can always trust private companies with our medical data. absolutely can, they're saints. And to incentivize nurses to speed up clinical trials. Okay, which, so what could possibly go wrong. I mean, with this that? feeds into this ongoing thing about you know the privatization by stealth of the NHS. That's often the accusation yes. that comes from people on the left. But there is an issue with bureaucracy, isn't there, Sajida, within the NHS? I mean, things do get slowed down. It could do with a bit of tightening up, couldn't it? It, it could. I mean, I don't want to say anything bad about the NHS because I've literally saved my life and you know done so many amazing things. But there is, and I think they a lot of like uh, medical staff that I've come across when I speak to them, they want to do their job. They just want to, you know, they want to help people, they want to heal, but they get stuck in bureaucracy, they get stuck in red tape, they get stuck in actually paperwork. Um, now, the thing in terms of like, uh, you know, uh, like even things like donor cards and, you know, if you had that, then my mum won't, she just keeps tearing them up. She just wouldn't let me carry one. Right. And she goes, no, 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 no. You know what they're going to do? They're going to need a heart for someone famous and they'll take your heart. And I'm like, but what, what why, why? <laughs> That, you know, I'll be, have to be dead. She goes, no, they'll just turn the machine off because they'll need that heart and they'll just turn the machine on. And I'm like, wow, okay. And, and so she, she sounds fantastic. Yeah, she's great. She's great. She's great. She <laughs> Not really at all great. paranoid. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, I, okay, well, let's move on to another story now because this, uh, this is related. This is in Thursday's Guardian. Subject close to my heart, the HRT shortage back again. Sajida, yeah, it's back problems. again. So there is a shortage of um, HRT, and and there, and I did manage to catch a tail end of the. So uh, uh, let me just read the headline: Scottish medicines body to reassess menopause drug um, uh, amid HRT shortage. Now the other day, uh, the visit of Davina McCall had a documentary which highlights the benefits and uh, of postcode lottery of previously rejected uh, utrogestin. Right. Yes. Now this is this is a um, a more natural, uh, uh, identical micronized. Uh, Proestrogen, which you know women would could could, t- t- could take. So I looked at what HRT was made of. Now I'm not an HRT. I, I wouldn't. I would. I have. I've chosen that. That was not the path I'm going to be taking. Um, and HRT is made of urine of pregnant horses and other synthetic hormones. See that that definitely tells me I don't want to take it. Well, if, if it works, I, I don't want. I don't want like. Wow. What but is it all, called? It, is it called golden showers of, on on me? I know. But, but, but Sajida, in, in all seriousness, though, irrespective of how it is created, it does. Um, it's oh, it really does, important it does, to protect women yeah, from does. heart disease, from osteoporosis, yeah, yeah, yeah. from stroke. Yeah. So it's it's terribly, it, I mean, it's it's terribly important that people, people, people women are dying because of. And I, again, I don't think this is because women aren't allowed to talk about it. You know, it's such a taboo subject. Is that uh, right? Is the, is the menopause, is HRT it's, it's, still a taboo, do you it's think? It's still taboo. Like even, you know, within my circle of friends, nobody really talks about it. Like I, I, I talked on the show earlier before mm. that there, there's a thing called the perimenopause. And now when, when I was growing up, I had a trainer bra before I could have a real bra. And it's like the, it's a trainee kind of menopause yes. before you get to the big menopause. And I didn't know about it and I had to be told about that. And at, at my age, why don't I know about this? So this, these are things that women aren't talking about. Are you talking about the menopause? Mark? Well, you've put me off HRT. I'm going to stop taking it. Um, <laughs> first off, I mean, but I can't get my wife to stop talking about the menopause. So she's on the opposite side of that scale. She brings it up anytime that she can. So, which is great. That I think is it great. Is no, that is great. About that is great. It brings it out into the open. I mean, I'm not sure about taking medical advice from the celebrity side of things. I'm always wary of that. No, but if there is a Davina. taboo, there may be Davina McCall doing that. This kind I of think that she is, did a good that, job. Yes, actually. That raises yeah. the profile of this. Welcome back to Headliners. I'm Andrew Doyle. 
And with me today are my favourite of all the headliners. I can say that because the others are not here. Yes. That's Sajila <laughs> Kershey and Eric McElroy. So at last an opening date for the next tube line and it's only taken three years, Eric. This is in Thursday's Times, I believe. Yes, the headline at last. Crossrail's Elizabeth Line has an opening date, and it is the 24th of May, um, just in time for the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, which is very nice. Um, I do like this, that it does clarify in the article that uh, once open, the whole line will adopt the new name in honor of the Queen, right. which was helpful, because before that I was like, Elizabeth, who are they named? Which Elizabeth? <laughs> is, this, is this the Elizabeth Hurley line? I think she deserves a train line. She absolutely I think she's does. Royalty. She's incredible. Um, it's only three years, five months late, and only four billion pounds over budget. So you're right on target. A, you're such a Grinch. Right? This is quite a good thing, isn't it, that we get this extra line? Yeah, but, I mean, it's the Elizabeth line. I, I mean, I can't see the Queen getting a one-day travel card. Why you not? Know, she's a pensioner. She gets it for free. Oh, she gets it. I, I, think, just, I don't think you get she's been, I don't think they should, because they're saying that they want her to come to the grand opening. Yes. I, I, and I think that she's beyond having to take public transport. I mean, hasn't the woman suffered enough? Well, <laughs> also, she's got the gold carriage. carriages with the horses. She'll have her own carriage? Yeah. yeah. No, she's not going to slum it with the rest of us. But it's nice to have a line named after her. I think that's a very positive thing. That is thing. nice. Yeah, that's yeah. very sweet, I think. Let's move on. Thursday's Independent next. And criticisms of Prince William and Kate's oh, expensive so, yes. Jamaica visit. So, Julie, you've got this one. Yeah, so staying with the royal family. Um, so, uh, Jamaican campaigners criticised the £41,000 cost of Prince William and Kate's visit and state dinner. I didn't realise it was only a two-day visit, which does seem quite expensive for £41,000. And uh, within that, it included a £20,000, uh, um, which was allocated for the lavish state dinner, which just lasted a few hours. £20,000 for a lavish dinner? No. What are you eating in this dinner? Do you know what, though? I mean, this article also says that when Barack Obama visited mm. oh, Jamaica, yeah, that's true. That was something million. million. Yeah, million. Yeah. So in other words, comparatively, uh, these the royals, royals came are, they're cheap. plebs, aren't they? The royals came cheap. But I would imagine that Barack Obama was more popular then when he was president than... Um, then, oh, I don't know. Yeah, but maybe, maybe in terms of, like, really, really famous people, um, Barack Obama's got a blue tick. And and, and and they have. You're not going to let this blue tick thing go, are you? I'm not going to let the blue tick go. That, but I don't think I don't think they've got. And I think Andrew. Well, he he'd, he'd he'd have been blocked by now, wouldn't he? Probably yeah. kicked off. What yeah. do you think, Eric? Do you think? I mean, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of attention being drawn towards this visit, and there's mm. lots of debates surrounding reparations and this kind of thing. I mean, what do you think about that? Oh, I think that that's great. I think we're opening up parts of history that have not been really discussed uh, or talked about. And it's looking at legacies that should be re-examined. And I think that makes perfect sense. And do you uh, think that's where, where the criticism is coming from here about the money? Because, you know, they didn't criticize Barack well, Obama, but yeah. they are criticizing the, the family that are connected to the colonialism here. Well, I mean, I think all of these things, they kind of, because they do a balance of we're not spending money on COVID uh, recovery, yeah. we're spending money on this. But I mean, that's, I mean, every government makes those choices. I mean, I think state visits are also important as, as an idea as well. So I think, you know, any government is fair to be criticized, but because ultimately governments make decisions and if they want to spend the money on something, they will. Mm. But okay. the country's also being, uh, they're removing the queen as, as, as head of state. state. Exactly, And yes. I think that, oh God, sadly, I think that's because they don't want Charles. I think that's more, it's not about the Queen. I think they know that the Queen's, you know. No, she's very popular. Yeah, she's very popular. Globally. Yeah, globally yeah. she's popular. Everybody loves her. And I and actually when, you know, and she will go. People have got to face that. When she does go, I don't think the world wants, perhaps that's where the royal family kind of will end because the Queen has always been the Queen. Everybody loves her. 
And Charles, Charles, not so much. Not so much. He's not box office. Okay, well, next we move on to a story about the end of everything. Uh, that is definitely worth a headline, Eric. I think this, uh, this doom-mongering comes from Thursday's Independent, I believe. Yes, it does. The universe could stop expanding, contract, collapse on itself remarkably soon. Okay, talk, to talk, explain this to me because I'm, I'm not, uh, what are they called? Uh, uh, Physicist? That's the word. Yes, yeah, I'm not one of those. Uh, so the, An astronomer? I, I, you know, I failed GCSE science. I have absolutely no clue. But the, the universe is expanding, expanding, expanding. Now they're saying yep. it's going to, what, start going in the other direction until we just become one atom. Yep. We have a big crunch instead of a big bang. You've stolen my punchline, oh. I was going to say, as well. well <laughs> that's not the punchline, that's what it's called. <laughs> Is that they're calling it, I just I made up the big crunch. No, they're just, calling it the big I crunch. I absorbed it through osmosis of reading the story. Um, yes, it's, I mean, if, yeah, that's the thing. If you thought that the war in Ukraine was bad, if you thought that the energy crisis was bad, if you thought the living standards were bad, the universe is collapsing relatively soon. And they gave us a date 100 million years from now. I mean, well, that's like next week. So, I mean, practically in cosmic ba- terms. Yeah. But basically, there is this dark energy that is the, out there, and they don't know what it's called. I think they've named it Donald Trump. Um, but no, it's called Quint. <laughs> to get that dig I, in. I get it in there. Quintessence is what it's called. Quintessence. And they don't quite know what it is. Even Albert Einstein was kind of wondering what it is. And it's it's going to possibly start retracting the, the expansion that's been happening in the universe. And in 100 million years from now, it's going to start pulling things back And then where do we that. go in 100 million years when we don't, uh, when the universe is... Can, can we skip to another one? Is that um, well, you can get onto the Elizabeth line yes. and you get to the other side of London. Quite well, that sounds, that sounds fine. As long yeah. as we've made preparations, we can avoid this catastrophe. What do you think? Are you scared I, about the end of the universe? No, I just, I just think it's like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's heard about, the universe has heard about the cost of living and like, uh, I don't know, and, and, it's, and it's become a bit bulimic. And maybe that's why it's going to be getting smaller and smaller because mm. it's just like retching on itself. I mean, this getting smaller and smaller. Does, does that mean that, look, anyway, look, we're not scientists, clearly. Yeah, we're not. We we're don't not. have a we're clue not. what we're talking Guys, about. Guys, we don't know anything about it. But does time run back? as well when it contracts because if that's the case and I could do with being a couple of decades younger yeah I go for that yeah that sounds oh. good to me anyway on to Thursday's Telegraph and a chap with a rather famous ancestor who is calling for what he calls the denazification of Ukraine Sajila what's all this about yeah so Tolstoy's great great grandson both of his uh, Tolstoy 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 Yes, him yes. of War Gila's and Peace pronunciation Spain. strikes again. <laughs> War <laughs> and Peace, Anna Karenina. Yeah, that guy, <laughs> that dude. Yeah, that dude. Um, War and Peace. I do know that War and Peace, though. Uh, great got grandson, both of his ancestors slaughtering British troops in Crimea. So, Peter, Peter? Yes, Peter Tolstoy. Peter, Peter, yes, I'm just trying to check on Peter. the... Yeah, <laughs> Peter, so he's a politician and descendant of the War and Peace novelist, and he's praising the Ukrainian war and repeat calls for denazification, um, which is interesting because uh, he, he said that he boasted how his great-great-grandfather slaughtered the British and French troops. However, um, he did... Uh, he was in the Crimean War, He did did do the Crimean War, but he wasn't necessarily pro-war because I think he was kind of... um, He was a pacifist. He was a pacifist. Um, uh, Famously. Yeah, exactly. And I have written it somewhere, but I can't remember what Do you know what it might be, Sajida? So it's this guy, his his great-great-great-grandson, he is apparently, according to this, a propagandist for Vladimir Putin. Hmm. Might be related to his opinion of his great-great-grandfather in the Crimean War? I don't know. Eric, yeah. am I being cynical? It just shows you your great-great-grandchildren always let you down. They do. They, they do. do. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I, I don't think he's a very nice man. He's open. Uh, it says in here that um, this gentleman, Peter, is openly anti-Semitic and does homo- re- frequent homophobic statements. I mean, Tolstoy um, must 52. be turning in his grave. Yeah, he? Oh, God, turning in his grave and probably... That's probably why the planet's going smaller. The, uni- you know, the universe this is, is like... the dark energy. Yeah, dark, dark energy. energy. Dark energy. It, it all oh. comes back to that. Well, look, on to this fascinating article. This is in Thursday's Guardian. 
This is about Stonehenge. Now, I'm a bit of a fan of Stonehenge. Are you, Sajila, you a fan? I, I, I did go to the, is it Solstice, Solstice, um, The Solstice? The Solstice, You went yeah. to one of those hippie celebrations? Yeah, I did, around, I did. Oh, I did I you went, dance I... around naked, covered in woad? No, I That's went nightclubbing. It was a bit like, oh, you know, worse for wear. Yeah, and then, and then we all ended up there. And then, and then we missed the sunset because we fell asleep. Well, the, well that's, too, that's what too many baby shams will do for Yeah, that's, that was it. You yeah. have to pace yourself, Sajid. Oh, no, I know. I'm getting old now, you know. But what is this story, then? What's happening at a, at a Stonehenge? Uh, so the Stonehenge um, exhibition explores parallels with Japanese stone circles. So there's like a... a, a, a there's similarities in sites. A, a, a plague... Uh, I must pronounce this? Yomen? This is in... This is in yeah, do you know how that's, that's how you pronounce it? I, d I don't, I'm afraid. Let's go. It's a J with the little thing at the top. Oh, J Jomon, Yomon monuments. Um, they were separated by thousands of miles, like the uh, um, uh, Stonehenge and uh, these Japanese stone circles. And actually, these little things are happening all over, aren't they? What are you saying to me, Sajida? Because it sounds like you're suggesting that these ancient people... That hundreds of, you know, thousands of miles apart, yeah. coming up with similar designs for their stone circles. Yeah. Is it aliens? Did they give them the plans? Is that what I, you're saying? I, I don't, I, I just think that, you know, there's, you don't, there's no such thing as an original idea and someone did Stonehenge and someone nicked the idea and did it in Japan. Tell me, Eric, I, I, aliens is the only possible explanation. Well, the other possible explanation is that this was a couple thousand years ago and there wasn't anything else to do but put up stones and make circles because it's one of the only shapes they do. They could have put you know, them in an octagon. There was, there was no TikTok, there was no Snapchat, there was no GB News. What are you going to do with your day but build stones? Ah, but stone the circular circles. thing is very coincidental, I think. What other shapes do they know? Triangles. For the pyramids. Well, we, can, we can put the shapes. circle and the moon is round. They'd see the moon. There's Super nothing else oh, to do. I, I prefer the alien theory. It's much more <laughs> it would be plausible nice, but as far as I'm concerned. Yes, it is. That's what I want to believe. Anyway, now on to Thursday's Times and a story of some hypocrisy here <laughs> from a police and crime commissioner. Eric, you've got the details on this one. Uh, this is my favourite story. I'm so glad I caught this one. Caroline Henry um, from uh, Nottinghamshire. Um, she is the police and crime commissioner there who has been pledged to crack down on people speeding. Good for her. Um, <clears throat> but has been caught five times in the last 12 weeks speeding herself. Well, now, she's an expert then. She can do it. She was mm. testing the speed cameras, <laughs> Andrew. How else can you know if they're working? And if you're going to get on people for speeding, you need to know the, what the sensation is like so that you can help them get off of it. Right. Themselves. So you're saying this is a benevolent person. There's no hypocrisy. Well, Whatsoever. She has apologized for this, which is surprising because I thought she would have said she wants to wait until the Sue Gray report is released before she gets <laughs> any wrongdoing. That would make sense. Schadenfreude here. Sajida, absolutely, absolutely. Bit. But, you know, she was caught breaking a 30 mile per hour limit five times between 12 weeks. And you, I kind of feel for a little bit because 30 miles seems really slow. I'm not even a driver, but somebody else is driving 30 miles. I'm like, come on, speed it up, speed it up. Yeah, yeah. She so, was pushing it. She went 38 miles an hour once. Oh, oh that's no. Speed not demon. 38. 32, I could have let go, but not 38. No way. Let's move on to Thursday's Telegraph. Might school examinations be moving online? Okay, Gina, so, yeah. Um, so, off call to trial. Uh, digital testing after pandemic exposed vulnerabilities in current pen and paper system. How have they only just realised that there's vulnerabilities in pen and paper system? Um, and I, 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 for one, who found exams. So basically, exams are now going to be done online. 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 Yep. And I, I think that's a great thing because I don't know about you, but I, I hated, hated doing exams in like horrible, like, you know, mm. at the halls, you'd go, you'd go into a gym and you sat on your little table with yeah, your pencils. Yeah, you, you can't cheat. That's can't the problem. Cheat. You can't cheat. There was, and, and you couldn't even take calculators. I think we had logarithm books. What the hell was a logarithm book? 
But I never used it ever again. Do you trust? If you, you move everything online, they're going to be Googling every other answer, well, aren't they? Well, they're not saying. I mean, this is just a, yeah, but I think you have to have someone there. There's, there's, yeah, yeah, there's, this yeah. is all about a trial, so it's not yeah. happening yet. Um, but uh, they haven't said where you would be online, so they might put you in little cubicles and booths and things to do. Maybe. Okay. Well, look, let's go to this last story we've got now about the hand of God. Or his shirt, anyway, that sounds very dramatic. This is in Thursday's Metro, Eric. Yes, um, the Hand of God shirt worn by Diego Maradona um, has been sold for over seven million pounds at auction. Um, it was uh, famously swapped with one of the players on the other team, Steve Hodge, who's had it all of this time. And you know what? I had an extra seven million lying around. I thought ah, I need a new shirt. You missed it. <laughs> I bought it. Oh, you I'm bought it? It was you? It, it was you? It was me. Why aren't you wearing it tonight? Oh, why, are you wearing, why are you wearing that thing? Well, I, I didn't want to show off. I wanted to be <laughs> a surprise, and I'm not going to wear it out in public. I mean, would you wear that shirt in public? You'd get mugged. Seven no, million. Man. I hope they washed it. What do you think? That's what I was thinking. I, 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 don't like, I don't buy second-hand clothes because I think like, it's all the germs. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I don't want... Sweaty, but isn't he the... Sweaty, he's the hand of God footballer, right? Yeah. One of the best ever, but he also did cheat. Do you really want a memento of that? But Not he cheated against England, pounds. so it's fine. Is that all right, is it? I'm going to get in trouble for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a form of reparations, isn't it? You can yes, cheat at football exactly. against... Exactly. It's a fighting against, against the empire. English. All right, well, seven million still strikes me as quite a lot for a shirt, if I'm honest. I but think there's other things we could spend seven million on. I, I would have thought so. Anyway. Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring. 